Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God Unlaunching Podcast. On today's episode, I am uh, speaking to Colin Scotland, and uh, he's from England. So that was uh, nice to have somebody from uh, almost the t- same time zone, actually. But uh, aside from that, Colin, he is um, he runs a marketing coaching business. So he has a marketing incubator mastermind. He has a program called Awakening Creator, and he basically helps mission-driven entrepreneurs find their spark and never let it go so that they can fulfill their potential and change lives doing what they love. And what's interesting about Colin is, first of all, I got to tell you this though, um, you know, doing podcasts, I do get a few people, you know, a few requests of people who wants to be on a podcast. And I love that. I appreciate that. It's not always a good fit, but what's been interesting is that, that a few people that been approaching me as um, people who do this for a living so they you know connect people to podcasts and Colin was one of them people who came through one of these podcast connectors and um, I had a few of those on this podcast those types of guests and what I love about this is these are people that I have no clue who is I don't know who they are but at the same time those episodes become so great I don't know what it is but it's like it's it's almost like it's a perfect fit so these people are doing an amazing job finding the podcast and uh, connecting them with the right people. And this episode was definitely one of those that um, really, it was just so interesting talking to Colin and hearing how he sees things and how aligned that is with what I want to teach or what I do teach. Um, so this was a really great conversation. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but just listen to it. And I, I know that you will appreciate whatever that uh, Colin has to share. And he's such a calm and nice guy. And yeah, I just, I uh, highly recommend reaching out to Colin if you have anything that you feel like this is somebody you want to talk and work with because um, he's a great guy, I promise you. So with that said, um, let's dive into the episode. Okay, so one quick note before we get into today's episode. Now we all know creating content takes time, but it will be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch so that you know exactly what needs to be done by when and by who. Now, if you want to have a stress-free launch, all you have to do is sign up for my free Map Out Your Launch mini course so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch. Now, you'll find the link in the show notes or you can go to www.kenwestgar.com forward slash launch plan. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right, welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Westcar, and today I have somebody from England today with me, and his name is Colin Scotland, but he's not from Scotland, as he's so clearly mentioned to me. <laughs> welcome, Scott, Colin. Hey, Ken, it's uh, lovely to be here. It's lovely to have you here. Um, today we are going to talk a little bit about, um, first of all, we're going to talk a little about the foundation, so finding your why and finding your niche. And then we're going to move into a little bit about the customer journey because it's really 
important, obviously. And then hopefully if we have time, we also talk about how you can build a value ladder as well. And that will be a full blown episode. So uh, before we get into that, Colleen, I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself, know who you are, who you help and how we help people. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a, a marketing coach and my calling, my mission is to help people to find their spark, match that to a niche and build the marketing engine that helps them to live their best life, you know, to find that freedom, that control and realize the, the potential that they know is inside of them. That's, mm. that's what I do. That's beautiful, simple and beautiful. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so let's dig into, you know, like the basics, because I feel like this is the basic foundational stuff. Um, and, yeah. you know, maybe a lot of people don't realize this when they start out, you know, going into business, being an entrepreneur, um, that, you know, finding your why, first of all, finding your why, why that is so important, because you got to have that mission, that vision, you know, what's driving you to have this business. 100%. I mean, otherwise, we'd sit around all day watching Netflix, wouldn't we? With no drive, no purpose, no reason for being. And so it's really critical that we connect to something that is greater than ourselves, you know, so that we've got, we've got the momentum, the energy, the drive inside of us to do something and to take a step forward. When the going gets tough, because let's face it, on this journey oh, yeah. as an entrepreneur, the going always gets tough, right? <laughs> it really does, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of ups mm. and downs, for sure. Yeah, and there's a beautiful quote by the German philosopher Nietzsche that says, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how. And so when those flaming arrows of pain and fear and procrastination and imposter syndrome come, if you if you have a, a firm grounding in the thing that's driving you forward, you'll take a step and you'll do something. You'll make you'll make progress in spite of all of those emotions that we all carry with us every day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But how do we even? I mean, there's probably a lot of people who's thinking, you know, well, I don't know what my why is. I'm I just want to kind of do this, and you know, that's it. And they struggle to find that why because I believe that that in itself is a big part of the journey, just figuring out, because I know for myself that it took a while before I actually realized why I wanted to do this. I always knew that I wanted to, you know, start a business, but not necessarily why. So do you have anything on mm. that? Yeah, 100%. And I think the reality of why is it's not a find an answer and you're done kind of a problem. Mm. It's a lifelong part of the journey. It's something that we continually assess, continually evolve, and things unfold for us as we move forward in life. So the thing that you assess as your why right now will be different in three months and will be different in two years. And that's okay. And I think often we search for an ultimate answer and there just isn't an ultimate answer. There are iterations of what's true for you today, what's true for you in this moment right now, and that's what we take as our why. And that's what we use to move forward. Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, talks about the purpose of being, being relative to our circumstance. So the people in the Nazi death camps going through absolute hell found purpose relative to their situation in community and camaraderie in 
real deep emotional connections with the other people in the same situation as them. Now, those those people, Victor included, in the years after for the people that survived, their purpose and why would have been entirely different then to what it was back in those death camps. And that's okay. That's that's an extreme example. But that's right. that's the kind of permission to understand that it's okay that you've not got it figured out. Guess what? None of us have really got it figured out. No matter how figured out we look on the outside, we're all struggling with the same thing on the inside. So we're all a work in progress. And I think I think the first step is allowing yourself the permission to be okay with that. Mm, yeah, I believe that is so true. Um, and I think that's a part of business in a lot of ways. I mean, it's not just about the why, but I feel like that's the way it is with messaging, offers, ev- everything that you do in your business. It's is working right now, but it, like you said, it will change just a few months from now because you evolve, you change and you discover new things and you learn new things about yourself as well. So nothing is set. And I think entrepreneurs is, are really quick to think that, you know, I need to have this figure out right now. Otherwise I won't have the success that I'm looking for, but that's, that's just false. Mm. It, it really is. It really is because the reality is, you have the success when you figure out what's true for you now in this moment today. And then tomorrow you have to figure it out again or it, or, or it changes or it iterates. And if mm-hmm. you, I guess the biggest challenge that we all have is becoming comfortable in that space of being uncomfortable and feeling like things aren't complete, feeling like things aren't right. Mm-hmm. I've not figured it out. I don't quite know what my why is. Is it money? Is it my family? Is it, is it my kids? Is it, the job is it the work what is it i don't i don't know is it the people i serve and it's that's okay to have all of those questions and so you've just got to continually walk the path it's a it's a daily practice it's a daily practice and i think if you come to terms with that and accept that then you're in a powerful place to move forward and actually find that bigger purpose that reason for you being on this earth right Mm, yeah, exactly. Is there anything that we can do specifically to kind of um, start thinking about or figuring out what our why is? Absolutely. So one of the beautiful things that you can do is called the 12 favorite problems. And you can, this was by a Nobel Prize winning scientist in the 90, early 1900s. And you essentially create a, a list of your 12 favorite problems, the things that drive you as a human being. So um, things around uh, family, around your life, around your well-being, about, around your development, around the things that drive you and, and light you up on the inside. And this list gives you a beginning point of a kind of framework for areas of life that you're really drawn to. And it acts as a, a scaffold within which you can then define, okay, in the, in the realm of my business, this is the thing that, that really powers me forward. In the realm of my personal life, this is what drives me forward. In the realm of spirituality, in the realm of emotional and relationships. So you're covering kind of all aspects of your life in a, in a broad brush. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have a sense of who you are and what you do and how you play in different realms of life. Then you can get you can get down and dirty in the business side of things and you can look at the your why and your purpose from a business perspective. And we can dial into that if you like, if that would help. Yeah, uh, sure. Because that's, that's I mean, that's yeah. 
that's where it really gets exciting, you know, on the entrepreneurial journey, because all of those things, the spiritual, the emotional, they, they make, they make all of the difference in how you show up in the game of business. So once you've kind of played in those spaces and then you look at the game of business and ask yourself the question, well, what is it that I'm good at? Where have I done my 10,000 hours or I'm working towards mastery? What, could I literally talk to somebody all day about because I'm excited by it and I really enjoy it. And this gives you a steer on some of the areas that you could, you can play with from a business perspective when it comes to finding a niche. One of the biggest problems I see people facing when they're trying to find a niche is they're sucking their finger and waving it in the air, <laughs> trying to gauge, you know, where's this, where's it, which way is the wind blowing, right? What, yeah. what is, what is my niche? Is it uh, e-commerce business owners? Is it small business? Is it this? Is it that? Is it the other? And, and the, there are no answers in the wind. There, there just aren't answers in the wind to those questions. The answers come from within you. When you, when you take the things that you are gifted at, your genius, your mastery, the things that you love to do and talk about. When you play in those spaces, this is why people talk about finding your passion, right? Because when you talk about something that you're passionate about, you show up differently in the world. Absolutely. Your energy is different. You light up when you talk about it. When you talk about something that you don't care about, guess what? You change, you become a different person. So the, the real secret in finding your niche is in marketing, we call it product market fit. You're the product. Your niche is the market. How do you match you to the market? And so I have a little exercise I do with my clients called the two circles. And essentially we look at your why and the thing that drives you in the circle on the left. And then it overlaps with the circle on the right. And you take those first questions of what drives you as an individual and what are you skilled at? What could you offer to the market? as your product essentially. And then we look at the who in the second overlapping circle. Well, okay, with that knowledge in hand, who would value what it is that you do? Who would value what it is that you know? And who would pay for it? You know, because we're talking about the game of business here. So it's essential yeah. that we focus on the people that can pay for our service because all too often people try and flog a dead horse, you know, and, and talk to people who just don't get what they do. Oh, but I can do this and I can help you to do that. And I can help you to do that. And they just don't get it. It's like water off a duck's back, you know? So, so part of that why, and then link into your niche really has to be honing in on the people that care, the people that value what it is that you can bring to the table. And then here's where it gets super interesting. Those two circles, they overlap. And in the overlap, it's the problems that you can solve for those people. And this is where the whole world of building a business and marketing kind of really comes into play because you look at the problems you can solve with your skills and abilities and passions for that, for those groups of people. And, yeah, and that's exactly. where we get it. That's where things get super exciting, man. That's where mm -hmm. things get super exciting because then you've not just plucked a niche out of the air. You've, created something rather special you've created an opportunity for you to create what what we call in marketing a usp a unique selling proposition because you're bringing you the uniqueness of you and you're matching that to the market in a way that is entirely inimitable nobody can copy you 
because there's only one of you. So you're bringing your uniqueness to the mix and it's really, really magical, man. Really magical. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people tend to look at, you know, okay, I'll try to find my niche and that is what it is. And then you try to market to a specific people, but they don't know really who that specific people are or that specific audience. And then that's, that's what a mismatch is kind of happening. So they're not attracting the right people because they're trying to find a different kind of set of people instead of just letting people kind of figure out or come to them in a sense. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Uh... Yeah, it does. It does. And you know, there's something really simple that you can do in that situation, right? If you, if you haven't got a clue, you're really blowing in the wind and you're not sure like how you, you can make what it is that you do resonate with other people. And it's this, when you sit down to create messaging, talk to yourself three years ago or five years ago, or six months ago, whenever it was that you've gone, the evolution, this, the journey that you've been on in your life holds so much power for you when it comes to resonating with your ideal clients. Use yourself as a mirror, as a guide, and write something that would make you cry. Write something that would make you laugh. Write something that would literally move you. And that can be a beautiful, beautiful starting point when you haven't got research, you haven't got any kind of concrete handle on who your target audience is. Because, you know, of the billions of people on the planet, we all share love, joy, fear, anxiety. So if we speak on an emotional level on the, at the things that resonate with you, you're going to resonate with people in the world on a really deep level. So that's a beautiful starting point for people who are kind of not sure of how to start with this. Start by speaking to yourself, start by talking about how you've transformed and how you've changed with what it is that you've learned. And then that then translates into your purpose, your why, your goal for the ideal target audience, right? So mm -hmm. Joseph Campbell talks about the hero's journey in his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And there's, there's a great power in, hey, I was in this place that you're in right now. Then I went down to the pit of despair and I lost everything and I, I had no hope. All was lost. And then I tried this and it didn't work. And then I did that and it didn't work. But one day, you know, I figured something out and wow, from that moment on, I knew that this was my way forward. And I've been through the pits of hell. And I now am in this place of, of relative paradise compared to where I started. And my goal now is to help you so you don't have to go through that same pit of hell. So there you've created what I call an origin story, a kind of a backdrop to your two circles, your why, your mm -hmm. reason for being. That creates a really powerful, a powerful connection with potential clients because they see, they see that you see and understand them and they see that you have been through the things that they're going through and come out of the other side. And so there again, just by using you as the reflection for, for getting your message across in a way that resonates all of a sudden now you become, you become their flag bearer, right? You become right. the person yep. that's done what they're looking to do. 
And so there are so many lessons like that, that you can draw on, you know, everything, everything that you have is, is all within your, within your reach. You just need to kind of take that from that place of, this is who I am. This is how I'm meant to show up in the world and then showing up in that way, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't almost say that, you know, to make sure that you remember how it was back then is to actually write out a journal, do a little bit of journaling, because then you can actually look back and really see, you know, what your thoughts were, what you were feeling, what you were going through, because it's easy to forget once you kind of get to that. Well, I won't say end goal, but you have that success and then try to look it back. It's really hard to remember, you know, what it was really like. And um, maybe if you do keep a journal on this stuff, you actually have something to look back on. That's a great idea. Yeah, because you can explore those emotions that you went through mm-hmm. and then use those emotions in the way that you talk about what it is that you do now and how things are different and how you can use that experience to the benefit of whomever it is that you serve, man. So yeah, great, great idea. I like that, Ken. Mm-hmm. Um, let's dive into a little bit about the customer journey because that in itself is a really important piece of having a business. You want to make sure that you that your customers have this certain journey and they experience the transformation that you obviously want them to have. Um, so how well, we kind of talked about how we define that ideal client in a sense. So, but how do we make sure that they get that customer journey that we want them to have? So again, there's a really simple thing that you can do and it links into the two circles that we spoke about. So if you visualize two circles overlapping, the bit mm-hmm. that intersects in the middle is the what problem that you solve. And then if we if we swim right the way into that middle section of what problem you solve, then this is the transformation. So imagine that ideal person in front of you right now in pain. I call it in, in prison, right? In the in a prison state. And they are screaming out for you to help them with what it is that you do. So from that prison state of being, what would you do with them? What would you practically do with an ideal client that came to you right now in that state of pain, that problem state of prison? What would the steps look like? So imagine they are on one side of a a chasm and there's a fast flowing river on the in the middle of the chasm and you're on the the other side, I call it the paradise side, right? So they're in prison. You're at, you're in paradise. There's a fast flowing river. They can't cross because they'll just get swept away and they'll drown. You have to put the big rocks in that river that act as stepping stones that take them from one side to the other. So when a person presents to you in that pain, that prison state, what are the big rocks? Not all of the detail. We're not on about the sand and the grain and all of the things that, that oh, you, you want to share. What would be critical for them to make a transformation, to change? What would be the, the steps that you would lead them on? What would be the rocks that you would put down in the water to allow them to step across from one side to the other? And that's what I call the prison to paradise transformation. So if you solve the problem of X, well, then how do you solve that problem? And these are the steps in what become really important for you in creating something unique in the world. They become your process. They become your framework for success. So in, in consulting, for example, 
there's a there's a really simple framework of okay so where are you right now rock one Mm -hmm. where would you like to be what's the vision for the future rock number two let's make a plan for you to get to that vision and make it a reality rock number three so there's an example of a process right that a consultant might take to take somebody from the prison state to the paradise state and in understanding the transformation you're doing two things you are deepening your awareness of firstly what that prison state looks like what it sounds like and what it feels like for your ideal clients and then what the paradise state looks sounds and feels like after they've worked with you Mm-hmm. So they've gone from despair to calm and peace of mind. They've gone from anxiety to confidence. They've gone from fear to joy. And so you're aware of that emotional change in your ideal clients. So you know your clients better. Therefore, you what you say and do will resonate with them more. And then the second thing is you've now got a framework, a process, a unique system of delivering transformation. And People love to buy a framework and a process. They love a proven method. They love a proven system. And in just going through that very simple exercise, you've got the beginnings of of your entire value ladder. You've got the beginnings of your entire business, that process of transformation. We walk through these three steps. We walk through these five steps. And if you make it unique to you, well, then we've got another piece of blue ocean that nobody can copy because this is your way of doing things, not Joe Bloggs's way or that competitor's way. This is your unique approach to solving that problem. And so once again, we've brought you into the mix to make things unique. We've brought a unique framework into the mix to make things unique. And all of a sudden you are standing head and shoulders above anybody else because nobody else has that same uniqueness that you have. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. And this obviously will, I mean, once you figure out the transformation, that will help you create your unique offer, right? Oh, 100%, Ken, yeah. It helps you create everything. If you think about it, Mm -hmm. when every piece of content that you create should be directly related to that transformation, Mm -hmm. because then you're not just talking about things in your world. You're not just talking about things in your realm, in your sphere of expertise, you're talking about things directly related to the transformation. So in my transformation, we do the two circles exercise, then we do the prison to paradise, then we do the value ladder. So when we talk about those things, these are directly related to my process, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, and then there is, you're doing what I call creating content with intent. So rather than just like scattergunning content out into the world. You're creating content that's meaningful for one, and you're creating content that actually helps people to transform. Because if you can get a handle on that why, if you can take a light, a spark, and see that spark inside of you to realize, I can make that possible for me. Wow. If you can deliver that light bulb in your potential clients, then they are on that, that momentum. They've got that movement towards... Uh, you being the solution to the bigger problem for them. That's how this whole game works. That's how, that's how it all kind of fits together. So every piece of content that you create should be in some way related to that transformation journey. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people tend to create content just 
based on what they know or you know create a lot of how to stuff i mean it's not really helping people in the sense of getting them that transformation it's just here's just a few steps you can take to something to create something but it, it is not actually helping them transform yeah it well exactly and i think if if we look the how to guide the steps to do this they they're all re- valid relevant Absolutely. pieces yeah, of yeah. content within a context if they're part of that bigger transformation journey then go go at it right go go for it there's no problem in doing that kind of thing but unless it's part of that bigger picture it's just going to be noise out in the world, isn't it? How many checklists and six point this is and three point that is that's and five steps to, you know, Nirvana, whatever, whatever the thing is. We're just bombarded with stuff like that left, right and center, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, uh, building a value ladder. So f- first of all, what is a value ladder for those who don't know what that is? So a value ladder is a way of taking that prison to paradise transformation that we've just spoken about, the thing that you deliver, that's your product, right? That's your offering. That's what you do. That's the change that you bring to the world. That's the problem that you solve. And so again, just like we swam into the overlap in the two circles to think about the transformation journey, we can swim into that transformation journey and see the value ladder. And this is the Think of this like the family or the suite of products that you actually offer, the productized version of that transformation. So we may have free items, we may have low ticket items, we may have mid ticket items, we may have high ticket items. And the idea behind all of this is that you are delivering, you are delivering different layers of value, different depths of value. So the value ladder is a way of mapping out your product offerings on a little grid and it has price high and low up mm-hmm. on the left and it has value high and low along the, along the bottom. And so as you map your products, then you've got like, you're focusing on a range, a family of product offerings rather than just focusing on a single product offering. You're able to grow and develop your business much faster at scale when you consider the bigger family. And it's really interesting when you put numbers against the value ladder. So, um, you know, hey, I, I, Colin, I want to start a membership and I've got these f- these courses that I'm going to put in. I'm going to charge people $10 a month to get them into this membership. And I want to make 10 grand a month in the next six months. Okay, cool. So let's run some numbers. And when we put that $10 a month into the numbers, into the spreadsheets, then all of a sudden it becomes quite a difficult task from where they're at right now to get to, you know, 10,000 times 10, 100,000 people in six months. Okay, so let's maybe we need to kind of adjust our, our, our goal, our objective here. Or maybe what we can do is, as well as the $10 a month membership, maybe we could do a group coaching program at $1,000, in which case we only need to sell 10 of those. Or, or we, could, we can complement this with, you know, if, if we pick you up a couple of one-to-one clients, at $4,000, $5,000, then all of a sudden your $10,000 a month goal is massively achievable and ultra realistic because you, you've got more kind of, you've got more ways of driving that income. You've got more in, potential income streams, more opportunity. That's not to say that you kind of go wild and create a million products and lose focus. That's not mm-hmm. the goal of this. The goal is to give you scalable focus 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking about that because like you said, you, you shouldn't create like a thousand products and just go crazy, but it's about narrowing that focus as well, because you want to make sure that each uh, product kind of leads to the next one. So they need to be some kind of consistency in the, the, the offers, I guess. Definitely. And if you think, if you think again, all of this stuff is fractal, it's all interlinked. So if you think about that customer prison to paradise transformation, the transformation doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So that process doesn't change. What we do with the products is we go to different depths. We go to different lengths. We go to, I call it further, faster, deeper, right? Mm -hmm. So you can take the light version of the transformation and it's a $50 course. You can go a little bit further and you can join this group program and obviously it's more expensive, but you get more value. You get a deeper level of transformation or we can go faster and you can come into a private coaching program where we go further, faster, deeper into the whole thing with you intensively. So think about the products as different layers of that transformation and different ways of helping people to go further, faster, deeper, not just Oh, another product. Oh, another product. It's all about that transformation, remember? And it's all about how how and what is the best way to deliver that transformation. So mm -hmm. don't just kind of blindly go, oh, let's do this. Let's do a group program. Let's do this. Focus on the transformation and focus on what makes sense in that transformation. So it may make sense for me to create a community for these coaches where they can kind of have a forum of accountability and support. Then it makes sense to support that transformation one of your products in your value ladder could be community, like a paid community, but it's driven from the transformation first and not, oh, I need, I need three products in my value ladder. Mm -hmm. And going back to that transformation, we basically talked about the three rocks um, or the three stepping stones. That would be like the, the lower end of your product suite would be the grocks. And then as you go higher, you start to put in the gravel. And as you go to the high ticket, you start putting in the sand. I would look at it like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's a great, a great visual, a great way of looking at it. And remember, all of this is module. So what you could do is one of the rocks could be a product. Mm hmm. Yeah, on its absolutely. own in absolutely. isolation. So when I was a kid, I used to look, Ken, I used to love playing with Legos, right? They were my favorite, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite toys. And so, so think about these products in your value ladder as Legos. They need to be interchangeable. They need to be, um, move, you need to be able to move them about. And so it's okay if some, if it makes sense for them to deal, deal with rock number one in its entirety, in your circumstance, then why not? That could be a product on its own. Or absolutely the big full blown like high ticket offer for you is where you fill in all the blanks. You you know, you have the gravel and the sand and all of the all of the stuff that just kind of fills the whole the whole chasm for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's there's different ways to do it. There's no there's no fixed way to do it. There's just an approach. And that approach is to focus on what makes the most sense for that person in front of you. Mm -hmm. What will get them the best level of transformation? And then so when you've decided that, ask yourself this question. What next? Or how could I help them to go further? How could I help them to go faster? How could I help them to go deeper? And that becomes your kind of continuation, your extension of the whole value ladder pro uh, process. Mm -hmm. and I think one of the mistakes that people tend to do is that they think it is fixed. They think they need to have this, 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 this. But in fact, it isn't like that at all. It's really much about, you know, figuring out what it is that you want to do, how you want to do it, and then 
figuring out how you can get those people who would be interested in doing that with you. Yeah. And so again, at that point, if you're just doing this for the first time, if you've got clients and you've got a business, this becomes a lot easier because you're just iterating. You're just making changes to what already exists or trying new things off the back of, off the back of the abundant flow that's coming in from the other parts of your business. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're starting this out, then yeah, absolutely. You need, you need to test. You need to know that it's viable. You need to know that it's delivering the transformation that we think it's delivering. And so one of the, really powerful things that you can do is create success stories, tap into your network, get people into the program or the product and either offer it them for cheap or for free as beta testers with the understanding that they will be your success story and they will shout from the rooftops about how amazing this transformation has been. You're getting a client, albeit for free or for cheap. You're getting beautiful feedback with which you can make a more compelling program, a more compelling offer, but you're also getting social proof. You're also getting somebody shouting about this program, about how amazing it's been for them. And all three of those things make the next version of what you do infinitely better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'm interested in hearing about a little bit about your uh, story, kind of what your journey has been like, because obviously you have your story of your own and uh, how you gotten to where you are today. Yeah, or, or I'll try and share without crying, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so I I grew up in Liverpool on the market stalls of Liverpool with my dad as a young boy. That was where I kind of first got a fascination with how we buy and the decision to buy things, right? Kind of watching old ladies picking things up off the market stall in, in mm-hmm. Liverpool. And uh, from there, I kind of went to went to business school, did a degree. I was going to be a lecturer in marketing. And then I created an e-commerce monster. I, part of my studies, I created an e-commerce business back in the day when you could literally, I put a website up with a shopping cart scripts on it. And it was like, ping, we got an order, (laughs) ping, we got an order. And this thing just kind of distracted me from all of my academic work. I I Mm -hmm. kind of kicked that into touch and built an e-commerce business off the back of, off the back of this uh, this wave of of e-commerce and um, grew that business to four million pounds a year revenue and uh, we had 30 staff we had big warehouse premises and I was kind of living the dream you know um, running this business and growing and growing and growing and uh, in t- 2013 it went it went bust and I lost everything that I owned in the world wow. so f- so from that I kind of in the aftermath of that, I discovered a Japanese concept called Ikigai, which means reason for being. And this reflective time for me, I was doing three part-time jobs to put food on the table. I was I was a tech, IT tech in a school. I was a marketing manager for a, a big martial arts organization. I was teaching jujitsu, something that I've done for 20 odd years. And um, in all of that mess, I kind of realized you know, not, none of this stuff is what lights me up. What lights me up is seeing that light in other people's eyes when they, when they get it, when they realize that they can, they can make the impossible possible for themselves. And, um, I had a kind of light bulb moment where I re I realized that my calling is to share the experiences that I've had 
in the pits of despair. Remember we talk, we spoke about that hero's journey yeah. in, in my pits of despair through my experience uh, in the hope that it, it saves others from going through the same pain because that, that the loss of that business was horrendous. I didn't even talk about it to people for two years because did you see that coming make, though, or was that just something uh, that well? Happened? Yeah, it was. Um, it was a combination of things, but you know, the bottom line is the business failed, and therefore I felt like a complete failure. Mm, yeah. And I, I, I started out trying to be kind of like a marketing consultant and like building that as a thing, but I would. I would be open about the fact that I built a business to 4 million from nothing by hand with zero funding. And I was proud of that, but I was ashamed and racked with guilt about the fact that it failed. So I wouldn't mm. talk about it. I wouldn't share yeah. that initially. And what that did is that stopped me being me because I was hiding behind what I seen as a failure of my, my own, you know, of me, of Colin. And it was when I was able to step into that and own that failure that things really changed, that I discovered, oh, actually, it's not building this multi-million pound business that really lights me up. It's seeing that light in others. It's seeing that light bulb in other people's in other people's eyes as I kind of make the complex simple for them and give them steps to realize their potential. And it was like, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could have a business where I just get to have interesting conversations every day with cool people and fast forward seven eight years here i am today chatting with you ken you know what a great yeah. what a great pleasure absolutely yeah i mean no matter what happens it's um it always becomes a part of your story and a lot of the times they become really great stories if you just allow yourself to you know tell them in its full transparency obviously like you said you didn't want to tell about the failure of that business because that you you know you were ashamed but at the end something great came out of it because now you really found your purpose and you love what you do and that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for failing that business so it still becomes a part of your story and it's still a great story yeah exactly and i love what napoleon hill says in in the book outwitting the devil where he says every failure carries with it the seed of an equivalent success mm. and you're so right that if that business hadn't have gone the way that it did, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, I wouldn't be like jumping out of bed on a Monday morning, happy to dive into my work because I love what I do. And and so, yeah, it's a it's what was like a really negative or seemed a really negative actually was a positive for me for sure. And I think that's true of all the troubles and tribulations that come to us, aren't they? They are often the pathway to a greater success a greater way of being mm -hmm. absolutely and mm. um you know what is up next for you in terms of uh, fulfilling your vision so i'm working on a, an interesting program at the moment called awaken creator and in my coaching it focuses on the things that we've talked about today right the two circles the prison to paradise and the value ladder and how you then build a marketing engine around you so that you get you get clients coming into your world and people wanting to work with you. And interestingly, I did a I did a survey and I did some case studies of my coaching clients who've had great success. And I was reading through the transcripts of these interviews that um somebody on my team did for me. And interestingly, Ken, none of the stuff that came out was about marketing. 
It was all about, it, it, it was, it made me literally laugh out loud. It was all about, uh, Colin helps me to feel more confident. I feel like a better business owner. I've got clarity now on what I need to do and how to instruct my team to get it done and make it happen. And so it all was around a way of being as an entrepreneur rather than the steps of marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm playing with uh, a, a new program for me where we dive into what makes what makes you a better entrepreneur. The things that we talked about at the beginning, the Nietzsche quote about the why, making you take that step forward when things get tough, giving you that inner resilience, giving you that, that way of being so that you show up in the world in a way that makes all the difference. Because, you know, it does make the tactics are the tactics are the tactics, but the way you show up makes all of the difference. I could sit here, I could sit, sit stand here and just say, oh, marketing is this, that, and the other, you know, and I've got ze- the zero kind of energy behind any of that. I am genuinely excited by marketing and, and the way that, the way that that comes across is entirely different. So if you can really hone into the things that make a difference for you and how you show up in the world, then that will make all of the difference in how you resonate with your ideal clients. So the Awaken Creator program teaches that part of mm-hmm. what I coach and it's super exciting. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like it's, you know, you, marketing is giving people what they want, but what they need is the response that you got back. Basically, that's what they actually needed to move forward, not the marketing stuff that they thought they wanted. Definitely. Because the biggest obstacle to our success, the biggest obstacle to us achieving the thing that we really want is us. Mm-hmm. So if true. we can overcome, if we can only get out of our own way for long enough, <laughs> we can do great things. We can achieve anything. Absolutely. It's not always easy, mm-hmm. but yeah, once you can get past that, amazing things will happen for sure. Uh, well, it's been awesome talking to you, Colin. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story and your knowledge. Um, is there anything that you feel like we left out um, that you want to mention before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I think I think I think we covered quite a lot of ground there, Ken. It was such yeah. a, a interesting conversation. The exercises that we spoke about, you can literally play with those for free on my website, colinscotland.com. And um, you can dive into a little bit more detail on on those things. But like we said, just getting that that acceptance that this is a moving target, that you are a work in progress, mm-hmm. and then playing through those those uh, steps really will open open new doors for you. Exactly, Ken. It's been an honor and a privilege, man. I'm so grateful for our conversation today. Thank you. And where can people reach out to you, connect with you, besides your website? Is there anywhere else they can connect with you? Uh, so I'm not super active on social media, so the website's probably <laughs> the best place. There are some yeah. links on social there, but yeah, the website's the best place, I guess, Ken, colinscotland.com. Right. We'll link up that in the show notes so people can click through and uh, yeah, connect with you. Absolutely. So Beautiful. yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate that. And I want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening in and we'll catch you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.